What's up, Lamb Fam? Welcome back to the Life After Miscarriage podcast, where we unapologetically chat the ins and outs of what life is actually like after miscarriage. I'm your host, Shelly Metling, and with four angel babies myself and one rainbow baby here on earth, I have created a platform for you guys to share your stories. So sit back, relax, get ready to relate, laugh, and cry as we get real on what life is actually like after miscarriage in the 21st century. Hello, everyone. We have Jessica Allman on today's episode. I'm so excited to get to know a little bit more about her. Jessica, I'm just going to toss it at you. Start wherever you'd like with your story. Um, All right. Great. Thank you. Uh, First off, I just want to thank you for this podcast. Um, You know, it's really gotten me through some hard times. Um, It's allowed me to connect with the whole community of other women going through the same thing. Um, I've been able to connect with women um, that you know, I, I would have never gotten the chance to if I hadn't heard their stories. Um, so I just really appreciate, you know, you having this podcast. Um, like Shelly said, my name is Jessica. I'm 27 years old and I live in Southern California with my husband, Matt. Uh, we met online in 2014, got engaged a year later, and then got married in June of 2016. Um, my husband and I, we always knew we wanted kids, um, but we wanted to take a couple years. Um, I had been overweight <clears throat> pretty much my whole life, um, so I wanted to get my health in order. I had actually gotten a, a sleeve gastrectomy, which is weight loss surgery. Um, I had lost 130 pounds. Um, my husband started a new teaching job. We bought a house spent some time traveling, got a few uh, furry babies. We have two dogs and two cats, which are our lives. Um, and then I also dealt with anxiety for almost 10 years now. Um, and I just really wanted to get in the right mindset, you know, for getting pregnant. Um, I wanted to be off my anxiety medication. Um, and so it just took us some time before we were ready Um, About April 2018, so almost two years of being married, um, we decided that we were ready to start trying. And um, I come from a family of very fertile women. Um, So I didn't think it would be a huge problem for us getting pregnant. Um, And so uh, the first month, um, it didn't happen. And, you know, I know it's totally normal. Um, so we just, um, you know, tried again the next month and uh, lo and behold, we got a positive test. Um, so right away, um, I called my doctor to get in, um, to get my blood drawn. Um, and my husband and I, our second year anniversary was coming up and I really wanted this to be his gift. Um, and so, um, I was originally going to wait until I got the confirmation from my doctor, but I figured a faint test was good enough. And so I ran to the store, I bought a onesie that said, let the adventure begin. Um, I bought a mug cause it was almost father's day and it said best dad ever. I gave him the pregnancy test and I, um, you know, had a note in there that said, Uh, see you soon, daddy, baby Ullman coming 2019. Super cute. You know, you always want, people always imagine, you know, telling their husbands or significant others um, something in a cute way. And that was just how I did it. Um, uh, Right after we started telling um, immediate family and friends, like really, really close friends. um, You know, I think for me, I always kind of knew that miscarriage was a possibility. I, I had a cousin who had had a miscarriage and my sister had had a miscarriage. And so um, I knew it was a possibility, but I, I thought because, oh, well, I, I knew people who had had them, you know, maybe I would be the lucky one. You know, I think when you first get pregnant, there's always that, you know, uh, you're always a little naive to, to some of the things that can happen. And so, um, so anyway, so we started telling people, but I didn't, you know, we didn't want to fully share with everyone just yet. Um, and in the beginning, I didn't really have a ton of symptoms. Um, you know, I had some mild um, breast pain, um, not a ton of nausea, 
but I did get hit with a wave of hormones and my anxiety just flared. And I, I'm not sure if it was just the fear of, oh my gosh, my life is now changing. Um, I don't think I fully thought that I would get pregnant so soon. And I think it was just a big shock um, after the excitement had kind of worn off. And, um, and I had a whole week of just debilitating anxiety. I, I couldn't even go to work. Um, and so, you know, I talked to my doctor and then eventually I had gotten put back on my anxiety medication because it was just so bad. Um, and then two, and that was all fairly quick. This was probably within a week of finding out I was pregnant. Um, and then two weeks later, I went to my first OB appointment at about six weeks. Um, my husband got to go with me and um, it went fine. We got to hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time. Um, I was a little bit um, in a daze. Like I just, like it didn't all fully feel real to me. Um, and then um, I actually had had a, a trip planned um, to go with my cousin to Seattle. Um, her, she had just graduated. And so it was going to be a fun girls trip. And, you know, my OB, something was really, you know, I thought was interesting was, you know, she said she didn't recommend women traveling in their first trimester, you know, just in case they started bleeding or, you know, they needed to get to a hospital or, you know, the local hospital. And, um, but I, you know, I really didn't want to cancel this trip. Um, and uh, she just said, like, if you're comfortable going to a hospital there, like, by all means, go, you know, on the trip. Um, so I ended up going, everything actually was fine. I felt okay. My anxiety was getting better, still wasn't having any symptoms, which was a relief because we were traveling. So that was really nice. Um, about a week later after we got home, it was 4th of July and my husband and I, we were now about eight weeks pregnant. And so I decided I felt comfortable enough, you know, at that point I was like, well, nothing's, you know, gonna, I think, I think I'm feeling pretty good about telling people. Um, so 4th of July party, we announced our extended family. Um, you know, everyone was super excited. Um, and then I had my, one of my cousins ask me like how I was feeling, um, you know, uh, pregnant or symptoms wise. And, you know, I actually said like, I feel really great. And, and, um, at first I thought, oh, I'm just really lucky. I don't have any symptoms, which I know is totally again, normal. Not everyone gets symptoms. Um, but then I started to kind of think in the back of my mind, like, should I feel this good? Like, is, am I really lucky or is like, you know, is there something going on? Um, so then a few days kind of went by, I kind of really, you know, didn't try to think too much about it. But then I just started to not feel pregnant. Um, and so I told my husband, you know, I, I really want, I really want to go in and be seen. But at this point, it's like 5pm on a Friday, my doctor's office is closing, I knew that wasn't an option. So um, I looked into one of those 3D ultrasound places, um, because I was like, okay, I just want to go in. I just want to see the baby just be reassured and then I'll be good. Um, I'm like, cause I, I just, I was in, I just had this feeling and I couldn't shake it. And so um, I called, they had an appointment within the hour. Um, and so I, you know, my husband who, you know, he thought I was overreacting and thought, you know, my anxiety was getting the best of me. Um, he said, all right, let's, let's go. And so um, we went um, and the, the ultrasound tech started, um, looking around with the ultrasound machine and, you know, she didn't really say much. She was just kind of looking around. I could see the ultrasound, or I could see the, um, the computer screen. Um, and I could tell that the baby had grown, um, but I couldn't see a flicker of a heartbeat like I could the first time. And in my mind, I think I already knew, um, but she legally was not able to tell me anything. Um, and so she had advised me 
to, she's, she asked me actually first if I had had any cramping or bleeding. And I had said no. Um, and then she said, okay, well, if I were you, um, I would either one, go to the ER and just tell them that you've had cramping and bleeding if you want to be seen, otherwise they won't see you. Or I would wait and call on Monday, call your doctor's office on Monday and ask to be seen. And um, that already did not, you know, sound good to me. It didn't sit well with me. Um, and there was no way I was waiting the weekend to find out what I already knew. Um, and so I, my husband and I went straight to the ER. Um, I went in, told them I was cramping and bleeding, even though I wasn't, which I don't fully recommend now looking back. I, you know, um, but uh, it was something I just couldn't sit with over the weekend. Um, so we went um, and uh, they had called me back. They did some blood work um, and they did uh, the ultrasound, which luckily my husband was able to be there for. Um, so they start scanning my belly. Um, the ultrasound tech was very quiet. You know, the scan seemed like it was hundred years long. It just, it just kind of kept dragging out. I could, my husband could see the screen, but I couldn't. And I could just see my husband's face was just blank. Um, you know, he was trying to, trying to see if he could find any sign that the baby was okay. And he just wasn't feeling good about it. And I could tell, um, they send us back to the, the waiting room and then eventually call us back. And I just, um, I remember just sitting there and, um, the doctor on call comes in and he just very coldly said, you know, your baby doesn't have a heartbeat anymore. Um, and follow up with your doctor on Monday. And that was kind of it. And, you know, it was like, do you have any questions? And we were just kind of sitting there in shock. There was no, you know, real good bedside manner from this doctor. It was just very matter of fact. And um, so we said, no, we didn't have any questions. And he left and my husband and I just laid on the hospital bed crying and holding each other. And eventually we mustered up the strength to go home and on the way home I just remember calling my mom and telling her what had happened and um this was now two years ago so I, I don't remember entirely what was even said I think I was just in such a shock that you know it just kind of I, I don't remember much after that um but I that weekend I was actually really glad I had gone on Friday because that weekend I really took the time to just grieve at home. I ate what I wanted. I watched binge watch bad TV. I just cried. Um, and I really just started the grieving process right then and there. Um, that following Monday, um, I had a follow with my OB to talk about my options. Um, you know, waiting naturally um, to miscarry the pills or the DNC. Um, I ultimately chose the DNC just because I I didn't want the element of surprise of when it was going to happen. I honestly was really terrified of the pain um, that you know I've I've listened to the podcasts of many women who have gone through you know um, their miscarriages naturally, and I give them kudos for all the strength they have because I don't think I could have done it. Um, and so, and I really just wanted to get it over with and start healing. Um, so a couple of days later, um, I went in for my DNC and I just remember walking, um, checking in and walking past labor and delivery to get to the surgery department or where I was supposed to go. And I just remember feeling an overwhelming sense of sadness. And um, I just, you know, my mind was just the what ifs, like, or, you know, like, I shouldn't have been in this hospital until I was, you know, until February, when I was ready to deliver this baby. And, you know, now I'm walking through and I'm, you know, my baby's going to be taken from, you know, my body. And, 
it just felt so unfair. Um, but uh, once I was checked in, everyone there had such good bedside manner. I was really lucky. Um, you know, everyone kind of calmed my anxiety. Um, and uh, it was just, you know, the one hard part, though, is everyone comes in and they want to know, you know, what's your birthday? Like, what's your name? How, you know, what are you, what are you here for? And you have to just keep telling your story over and over again. And, and it's so fresh at the time that, you know, you just, you, you almost wish that somebody would just write it in your chart and they would just read it and they wouldn't ask because it's, it's so hard, um, you know, to have to repeat it. Um, and then they, so they prepped me, um, they took me back to the surgery waiting area. And, um, I just remember the anesthesiologist coming in and he had shared with me that, um, him and his wife had had a miscarriage, a miscarriage and went on to have two beautiful little girls. And, um, and then after that, he had offered to pray with me. And I just thought that that was so amazing that so a stranger um, would take the time to, to do that for me and to, you know, and it gave me so much hope that, um, you know, that this miscarriage doesn't mean that I'll never have kids. It's just, you know, it's just a step back. Um, and, you know, it'll, it's something that I would get through. Um, the procedure itself was, you know, really quick. I was out of the hospital shortly. And um, I spent the next couple of days off from work. Um, you know, again, just cried, rested, ate whatever I wanted, watched horrible, you know, reality TV, and just grieved. Um, Eventually, I went back to work um, and tried to start moving forward. Um, I think for me, I wanted to get pregnant as soon as possible, um, just, you know, to, I guess, fill that void. Um, and I, I thought, you know, for me, getting pregnant right away would help kind of heal my heart a little bit. Um, and so my doctor had recommended waiting one cycle and then I was, I was good to try again. So in the meantime, um, I started, you know, just trying to eat healthier, working out, um, weaning off my anxiety medication, because for me, you know, I wanted to do anything, this second pregnancy that I, um, could do differently. So, you know, I, I was, I made it a point that I was not going to travel. Um, and I really wanted to get off my anxiety medication just because I felt like these were things that I did, um, my first pregnancy that, you know, I, I know those weren't, you know, the reasons why I had a miscarriage, but in my head, I just didn't want to do them again, just to see if I, you know, got a different outcome. Um, you know, I even with my first pregnancy, um, we had hung our first ultrasound on the fridge. And my second pregnancy, I would not hang that ultrasound on the fridge. I, it was just silly things like that, that I couldn't let myself do again because, you know, it wanted hurt taking the picture off the fridge. Um, and the other thing was, you know, I did that with the first one and look how that hurt turned out. So I'm going to do everything differently. Um, so, um, so five weeks. Um, so, so also while we were waiting, you know, to, to conceive again, about five weeks after my DNC, which was about mid August, uh, of 2018 at this point. And, um, I publicly uh, decided to announce my miscarriage on social media. Um, I've always been pretty open, um, about my miscarriages and, um, I just, you know, I wanted to share with the world um, because one, because I wanted them to know my baby existed. Um, and we named the baby Jet, um, half Jess, half Matt. I had a coworker who, who gave me that idea. Um, and then the other part uh, was just, I didn't want anyone else to feel alone. And, um, you know, I, nobody, a lot of, you know, I've, a lot of my friends and family who have had miscarriages, you know, have always kind of 
you know, have shared with me, but not ever publicly. So a lot of people don't even know, um, you know, that miscarriage is so common. Um, and I, and I know that sharing, um, had kind of opened, you know, some of my friends eyes to, you know, the fact that it is possible and, um, you know, things don't always go as you kind of plan them. And, um, you know, and so, um, anyway, I, so we waited the one cycle, um, and my husband and I started trying again. Um, and then in late August, early September, after our first try, we got pregnant right away. Um, and I felt like this was it. Um, you know, we got lucky again, um, you know, that we didn't have to struggle with trying to conceive. Um, and so I found out I was pregnant. Um, and then I gifted my husband a rainbow baby onesie and a pregnancy test. And we were both really excited, but also we were really cautious this time. Um, I don't think either of us wanted to get our hopes up. Uh, we didn't want to, you know, get too excited and it just fall apart again. Um, we, this time around, cautiously told close friends and family. Um, it was kind of like a, hey, just wanted to let you know we're pregnant, you know, we'll see what happens. And it was definitely, you know, miscarriage, um, pregnancy after miscarriage, just, you know, it, it sucks the, the joy and the fun out of all of these experiences. And, um, it's just, it's not fair. And I, I mean, to this day, I still get jealous of, of pregnant women who, um, you know, don't have to go, you know, don't go through loss, um, because they get to, enjoy their pregnancies and, you know, they're not worried, you know, they don't worry like women who've gone through miscarriages about, you know, loss and, um, you know, it's just things that you don't really think about until you're faced with it. Um, so I got right in to check my HCG levels. Um, I was a little worried in the beginning because my levels were slow rising, but my doctor didn't seem concerned. Um, I then had a little bit of spotting, um, and I know again, totally could be normal. Um, but any bleeding for me was scary. Um, and it's, it's really weird. I was actually kind of triggered by the bleeding, even though my first miscarriage, um, was uh, missed miscarriage and I never had bleeding. My body never had signs of, you know, trying to naturally, um, terminate the pregnancy. And so, um, but it still was triggering for me this time. Um, I had called the OB, they had me come in at six weeks for an early scan and we went and we saw the baby measuring right on time with a heartbeat. So I was really relieved. Um, they, you know, told me that spotting can be totally normal and to not worry unless, you know, it gets heavier or you have bad cramping. Um, so, you know, I tried to uh, just kind of keep calm and carry on. Um, I, they then had me schedule an ultrasound for eight weeks uh, just to come back in since it was so early. They wanted just to make sure the baby was growing normally and everything was fine. Um, and uh, just kind of like my first pregnancy, um, I didn't have a lot of symptoms. It was, again, kind of some mild breast pain, no nausea. Um, and I just, at that point I thought, okay, maybe my body just reacts to hormones really well. Like maybe I just, you know, but then the other part of me was, well, I didn't have a lot of symptoms with my first miscarriage. So maybe I'm in for another miscarriage. Um, and so, um, I went in for my eight week scan, um, and, saw the baby was still growing, still had a heartbeat. And so I chalked up to all my emotions and everything as it's just my anxiety. You know, we'd been through a loss. I don't know anything different at this point. I, you know, I have not had a healthy pregnancy. So, you know, maybe it's just, I only know miscarriage at this point. 
Um, so uh, I had asked my OB if we could come in again at 10 weeks because last time our baby had stopped growing at eight and a half weeks. And I just wanted to make sure we got past that point. Um, she said she was more than happy to have me come back if that eased my worries. And so we scheduled an appointment. So two weeks later, um, I go in for my 10 week appointment. I waited on the exam table for what felt like centuries. Um, the OB came in, asked us how everything was going, um, you know, already started talking about, you know, what would kind of happen in the next coming weeks. Um, and, and then she said, okay, let's check the baby. Um, so she sat down, did, you know, did the ultrasound, kept moving the wand around, searching. Um, and I could just see it in her face already that it wasn't good. Um, she finally stopped and just looked at me and my husband and just said, I'm so sorry, but it's happened again. And I didn't even have the time to process what had just happened before she started quickly talking about our options for how we want to proceed. And, um, you know, I wasn't, it wasn't like I was even given a moment to to cry or be upset. I think at this point I just felt really numb. Um, and I was trying to just figure out how in the world did this happen again? I'm, you know, at this point I'm 25, um, or 26. I don't remember. I think I was 26 at this point. And I, um, I'm young, I'm healthy. Um, you know, I, people so many times said, you know, one miscarriage is totally common, but now I'm sitting here having another one. And I know that's not common. And so I just was felt so defeated. Um, and so, uh, so I'm sitting there and she's telling me about all the options again, um, which I already knew all these options from my first miscarriage. And um, she, ultimately I had chosen a DNC um, because it's what she recommended since I was already a little farther along at this point and my body was showing again, no signs of miscarrying naturally. Um, my doctor also recommended that before my DNC, I take the mesoprostol, um, I think that's, I think I'm saying it right. Um, an hour before I went into the hospital to soften my cervix, that way it made the DNC a lot easier for them. Um, during this time, I also, you know, had asked my, um, OB if they could do, um, the chromosome testing on the baby. Um, and I, I wanted to do any and every recurrent miscarriage blood test because I refused to get pregnant again without having some sort of a game plan or knowing what was causing my miscarriages, you know, they miscarriages they say are common, but for me, it just, something didn't feel right. Um, and so, um, so she agreed, um, to, to do the chromosome testing. Um, and so that, so after that appointment, um, my husband and I, we had drove separately to the appointment, um, because we both had come from work. And so, we had to part ways and get in our own cars to drive home. And what is a 15 minute car ride felt like hours. I mean, I just, I did my best to just block out um, everything that just happened so I could get myself home safely. Um, and it was just, I just remember being in the car and um, I, I was just hit with so much sadness and my husband um, you know, he, we've talked about that car ride so many times and he just talked about how angry he was at God, um, and how, how he didn't understand how any of this could happen. And, um, and it was tough and we got home and again, we started the grieving process, um, you know, like we had have done once before, um, the, the DNC, they couldn't schedule until about a week later on Halloween, nonetheless. Um, 
And so it was really hard. I had to, it was a whole week of just carrying around my dead baby. And it was one of the toughest things I think I've ever had to do, knowing that my child was inside me and was no longer with us. Um, and it was, it was just the worst feeling. Um, the day of my DNC, um, I took the misoprostol about an hour before I left to go to the hospital. And again, I got to the hospital. I walked by the labor and delivery room where I had sworn the first time that I was not coming back to this hospital until it was time for me to deliver my baby in that labor and delivery unit. Um, and here I was again, walking past it um, to say goodbye to yet another baby. Um, so that was really tough. Um, uh, and then I, I got checked in, I started to gown up and I could just feel that I was starting to bleed, um, which none of the, my doctors had prepared me for this part. Um, no one had told me that right before I could start bleeding or that I could have the cramping. Um, and so I, I had notified the nurse and she brought me in those wonderful mesh panties um, and a huge pad and I got changed into them. And in the middle of prepping me for my DNC, I began to experience horrible cramping, which I associate similar to labor pain and um, more, more bleeding. Um, they rolled me back to surgery um, in the waiting area. I was there for about half an hour and they told me that my OB got called into an emergency C-section. Um, and luckily my husband was allowed to stay and comfort me while I waited. Um, it took about another hour to an hour and a half of me laying in pain, just bleeding. Um, the nurse had to TMI, the nurse had to change me once because it was just so much. And I was just crying before I finally got wheeled back. And I think the hardest part was I was laying there losing my baby while my OB was off, you know, delivering another. And it was just, it was just so gut wrenching. Um, and it was just, it just stung so much. Um, again, my DNC went quickly, went smoothly. Um, I woke up, it was like deja vu. Um, you know, I'd already been there once before. It was a feeling I wish upon no one. And it was the loneliest I had ever woken up. And I just, it was, I had such an overwhelming sense of sadness. Um, you know, once I was feeling better, they let me go home. And again, the whole process of grieving, eating, sleeping, watching TV. Um, nothing anyone said to me made me feel better. And I started to doubt that I was ever going to have a healthy pregnancy um, and bring a baby into this world. You know, people, even people who had one miscarriage and were telling me like, don't worry, you know, it's going to get better. Um, you know, it, this is just, you know, it was, for me, it was like, you've only ever had one miscarriage. You can't possibly know how I'm feeling. Um, and it was just a really lonely time. You know, the only person who really understood was my husband and, you know, him and I, we grieved so differently. Um, I actually, you know, wanted to talk about it a lot and, you know, for him, it was just too hard. And I think he was trying to stay strong for me. And so it was definitely a really lonely time for me. Um, about a month after my second DNC, I took to social media again um, to announce my miscarriage. Um, I, again, just wanted people to know that my baby existed. And, um, oh, and at this point, um, I had followed up with my OB before this, and she had given me the results um, from the chromosome testing and told me that the baby we had lost was a little girl. Uh, whom we've named Grace, and that she had Turner syndrome, which only affects girls and most of the time results in miscarriages. So part of me was relieved that my miscarriage wasn't something I did. And it was what they call quote unquote, bad luck. 
Um, but the other part of me was just filled with a lot of sadness. And, you know, I, I, I was relieved that I knew what had happened this time, but I still was, you know, beating myself about the first time because, you know, unfortunately they don't do a lot of testing the first time. And, you know, I kind of wish now that I had advocated for some type of testing um, or, you know, I had tried a little harder, even though, you know, they ultimately probably wouldn't have done anything. I, I wish I would have at least tried. Um, so, you know, to go back, I had announced my miscarriage. Um, you know, I, I told people our story, you know, that we had a little girl. Um, she had Turner's and we lost her too soon. Um, I, you know, I got a lot of uh, people who sent their condolences, but a lot of people just at that point didn't know what to say. You know, the first time a miscarriage happens, a lot of people are still like, oh, like, it's okay. Like I had a friend who had one and she went on to have a bunch of babies. And, um, but this time it's like, you know, a lot of people don't know anyone who's had two. So it's, it was kind of at that point, um, I think a lot of people just really didn't know what to say to me. Um, and I almost preferred that they didn't try to make, you know, to try and figure out what to say. I think it was just easiest um, for people to just say sorry for your loss and to just leave it at that because anyone anything said wasn't the right thing to say anyway. Um, after my husband and I talked, or after, after that, um, and that was right around Thanksgiving uh, of 2018, and uh, after that, my husband and I talked about not wanting to try and get pregnant again right away. Um, I didn't want to get pregnant until all of my um, recurrent miscarriage blood test results were in and we got the results back. Um, I also had done a ton of research and reading on the subject of recurrent miscarriage because um, for me, sometimes I can be a little type A and I have to, I just have to get all the information. I have to have a plan. Um, I didn't want to go into a third pregnancy without, you know, doing X, Y, and Z. Um, and uh, for anyone going through miscarriage, uh, recurrent miscarriage, or, or even IVF, I really, really recommend. Um, it starts with the egg by Rebecca Fett or Not Broken by Laura Shaheen. Um, you know, I took the, the next like six months and I really just followed their tips on increasing egg quality in order to reduce miscarriage. Um, and I really started to implement things like natural products with paraben, with no, without parabens and phthalates, um, getting rid of, you know, any plastics with BPA, um, eating organic, taking certain supplements like ubiquinol, um, which my husband also took and um, using folate instead of folic acid, which I have now found out is super important. Um, and then the other thing was, you know, my first miscarriage, um, I think I, you know, I got out of that miscarriage with a lot of hope still that, you know, the next one would be it. And after the second miscarriage, mentally, I was in such a lonely, dark place um, because at that point I had very little hope that I would ever have a healthy pregnancy. And so I went to therapy and I started to deal with my grief and my anxiety um, just especially because my second miscarriage hit me extremely hard um, and I really really did not want to get back on my anxiety medication um, my husband um, and I during this time had also really reconnected to our faith and to God especially after I woke up on um, one Sunday and told my husband that I think we should go to church. We, again, were not regular churchgoers. Um, I didn't really, you know, we would go every now and then. Um, we were just really starting to try and to get into the whole church thing. Um, but there was something about that morning that I just had this feeling that I was meant to go. Um, so we, we got ready, we went to church and, you know, I'm listening to the pastor speaking and all of a sudden he's telling his story about how him and his wife had just gone through a miscarriage a couple months prior and, um, we're now 15 weeks pregnant after their loss. 
And I was just in awe. I felt like God knew I needed to hear him talk about his experience and restore my hope that I would get my rainbow baby. It was, it was such an odd feeling because, you know, uh, out of all of the services I could have come to on any, you know, given Sunday, this was the one I felt like I was meant to be at. And um, I, you know, I kind of looked around the room while he was talking about miscarriages and I could just see it in the eyes of um, all the, you know, a lot of women that they had gone through the same thing, you know, couples crying, um, you know, people just it really resonating. And that moment I felt like I, you know, was so not alone. Um, and it was, you know, what I needed to, to kind of push through to go to, you know, to get to the next pregnancy. Um, so right after that, um, I got my results back, um, for my testing, um, and everything came back normal except for, I do have the MTHFR gene. Um, it's the most mild form, which usually, you know, baby aspirin and extra folate help. Nothing, my doctors weren't too concerned about it and didn't think that it really even um, contributed to my miscarriage. Um, my husband and I then went on vacation around March of 2019. We wanted to do one last trip before we started trying again. Um, we started trying on vacation, but I got super sick um, while we were on vacation the last day and I was running a high fever. And so it just wasn't happening that month. Um, but a month later after that, so again, um, in like early May, I started tried again and found out mid-May that I was pregnant. Um, and it's so sad because this time around, my husband just got a text message telling him we're pregnant, um, no cute onesie, no little gifts, like nothing. It was just, Hey, you know, pretty much we're pregnant. And, um, it just, you know, mis miscarriage just takes again, the joy out of everything. And, um, you know, I wish I had done something more for him, but I at that point, I was just like, you know, who know who knew if it was gonna, you know, even result in a baby at the end. So I, I just couldn't muster up another present for him. Um, I ended up switching OBs around eight weeks. Um, well, actually, I'd, so I, I found out I was pregnant, went in uh, early for six weeks and um saw the baby there was a heartbeat um i ended up switching ob's around eight weeks because i didn't really like my ob group um, i didn't feel like they really were taking my concerns seriously um you know i was riddled with anxiety and i just needed to you know i didn't i couldn't walk through that hospital again you know, that labor and delivery room that haunted me. Um, and I just switched OBs and I'm so glad I did. Um, I found a new OB that was absolutely amazing throughout my whole pregnancy, really listened to my concerns and reassured me and comforted me in any way she could. Um, and then on Father's Day of 2019, I was about 10 weeks pregnant um, I woke up bleeding and immediately called the nurse line. Um, she had by, advised that I go in to be seen at the ER. Um, and so here we were again, sitting in another ER waiting room, praying that our baby was okay. Um, again, they took me back, drew blood, and did an ultrasound. Um, but unfortunately, this time my husband was not allowed to go uh, in with me. So it was just me and the ultrasound tech and a lot of silence and what felt like forever. Um, my husband and I then waited in a room for the doctor to tell us what was going on. And at this point, you know, we're sitting there in silence with very little hope. Um, the doctor then walked in with a big smile on his face and said, all was well, take it easy for a couple of days. There was no reason for the bleeding but the baby looked great and HCG, the HCG levels were high and where they needed to be. 
And my husband and I just looked at each other, shocked. Um, we couldn't believe what we had just heard, you know, cause in our minds we were already thinking, you know, what were our next steps going to be, um, after, you know, finding out the inevitable, but, um, we were wrong. And, um, I went home and we, um, you know, tried to celebrate Father's Day, but we're also still very cautious. Um, the rest of my pregnancy was really rough, physically, mentally, emotionally. Um, I had continued to go to therapy um, to deal with, you know, now being pregnant and having the anxiety that comes along with that, you know, constantly worried I was going to lose this baby. Um, while still grieving, you know, my two angel babies. Um, and one of the best pieces of advice my therapist had given me was to do something to honor my babies um, in order to help kind of close one chapter and start a new one. Um, you know, it wasn't meant to, to do something and then forget about my angel babies, but it helped to shift the focus on here and now, the future with my rainbow. Um, and so I had gone on Etsy and I had found a woman who, um, who painted pictures of Jesus with their babies, um, him holding their babies. And so I now have a picture of Jesus holding Jet and Grace that now sit on a shelf next to my bed to remind me that I will meet them in heaven one day. And, um, you know, it really allowed me to kind of move forward. Um, I felt like a weight had been lifted. And I felt like I could really focus on my rainbow baby um, because of everything we had gone through, because our last baby had had Turner's um, at 14 weeks, I did the non-invasive prenatal testing and found out that we, uh, that the baby had no risk for chromosome abnormalities and that we were having a baby girl. Um, at 20 weeks, we started seeing a maternal fetal medicine doctor and were labeled high risk. Um, and I found out that my cervix was shortening and I would need progesterone throughout the rest of my pregnancy and a cervical cerclage. Um, and anyone who doesn't know what a cervical cerclage, it's pretty much just a, uh, a tie that goes around your cervix to keep it closed um, in order to keep the baby inside. Um, I was also put on bed rest until I delivered. And um, those last 17 weeks were so rough, um, filled with so much anxiety. Um, you know, I, I think the, for me, the third trimester was the hardest because I was so close, um, but felt like, you know, I, I still felt like, you know, if I can have two miscarriages and, you know, statistically things don't go in my favor, like I was terrified that you know, even though by the third trimester, you're likely to take a baby home. Um, I felt like I was never in a safe spot until that baby was in my arms. Um, and so, um, we made it through on December 30th, 2019. Uh, we welcomed Hannah Grace Ullman into this world and she has been the absolute love of my life. Um, once she was born, it was like nothing else mattered and like all the pain and suffering we went through was worth it to have this beautiful little girl in our arms. Um, and I just, you know, I, I will say though, miscarriage has, you know, has sucked the joy out of pregnancies for me forever. And, um, you know, even to this day, I still get super, you know, anxious even though she's here, you know, like, um, I was really anxious about SIDS and, you know, I am so, so glad we have our owlet, um, because that has been, uh, just, it has calmed all of my anxieties. Um, I, without it, I probably would have never gotten sleep. Um, and, um, so yeah, that's, I mean, that's where we are now. Now she's six months old and, um, she's like, you know, I, it, she, she has not replaced the babies that I've lost, but she's definitely healed a lot of those wounds, um, that I had. And, um, yeah, that's my story.
Yay. We love a story of hope. (laughs) Thank you so much for sharing. I really appreciate it. I I know it was kind of long, but (laughs) no, you did so good. And I always ask at the end of every episode, if you have one piece of advice for somebody in a similar situation, what would it be? So my advice for anyone currently going through miscarriage um, is just self-care. You know, self-care has to be one of the biggest things I can advise to women going through miscarriage. Be kind to yourself, seek therapy, get a massage, binge watch some really bad reality TV, take a vacation, just take care of yourself, be selfish. It's okay. Um, And then I have advice for pregnancy after loss, and that is take those bump pictures and try to enjoy every moment. I was, you know, too terrified throughout my whole pregnancy to ever fully enjoy it. And now, you know, I kind of regret not taking more photos and sharing more about my pregnancy. You know, I was very, Mm um, on social media, I was very, um, you know, I, I talked about my miscarriages, but rarely did I talk about my pregnancies because I was too afraid that at any given point I would, you know, lose this baby. And, um, you know, I just, I wish I'd had those memories. So I advise anyone who's, you know, ha- have pregnancy after loss, just take the bump picture. Yeah. It almost feels like you're going to jinx it. That's kind of yeah. the feeling that I always had throughout my pregnancies after loss. So, um, totally. I can definitely relate. Uh, if somebody wants to reach out to you, where can they do so? Um, Instagram is always the best. Uh, my, my, um, account's private, but I will always accept you. Um, it's at Jess Ullman. Um, and I am always open to, um, you know, getting messages. I've met so many amazing women on there. Um, you know, I've loved watching, you know, Hope Davis now with her miracle twins and and Bria Arco, like, you know, her and I, I just clicked with her right away. Um, and so, you know, it's just, I, social media can be so great sometimes, but yeah. Awesome. Well, I'll link your Instagram in the description of this episode. Thank you again for filling the poll and jumping on and sharing, especially, you know, a story of hope. It's really nice to hear. So I really appreciate it. Thank you, Shelly. Yeah, we'll talk soon. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure you share it with a friend who could find it useful or share it on your Instagram stories. Tag myself, tag my guest so that we can personally thank you. This is a lamb fam, you guys. We're not in this alone. We're creating this ripple effect together.